Hello and welcome to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host. Unfortunately, Patrick is away. He's on holiday in sunny Seville at the moment, so um, he's going to be missing from today's pod. But we do have a very special guest that will intro later on. Um, quick recap of last week. Unfortunately, I was away. Patrick was going to try and get a guest on. Um, I tried to sort one out as well, but that person cancelled. Patrick had a couple of options, but unfortunately with his work, timings didn't work out and we ended up missing it. So, um, yeah, no week three preview. We did do our picks. Uh, I won 7-6 last week on the pick front, which gives me a lead of 20-18 to 18 on the season. Um, you can find what our picks were on our Twitter page, at Go2Pod, to be the number two, as always. Um, but yeah, we didn't do like a, a preview or review. Uh, I was going to do a review um, at the start of this episode with Callum, um, who I'll intro in a minute. But unfortunately, I think last night's game, Dolphins and, and Bengals, gives a little bit too much to talk about. Um, so I guess some main kind of week three takeaways... Um, Dolphins and Eagles are definitely legit um, playing really well even though one of them has obviously an easier schedule um, Bucks and Chiefs really struggled two teams that we thought would do great I think the Bills was a bit of a, a bit of a random one they had 90 offensive plays um, had some key drops and big situations defense didn't play as well with all the injuries and had some injuries in, on the day on the offensive line so I think um, overall takeaways Eagles and, and Dolphins are, are very very good Um I think the Bills are going to be absolutely fine. Still a great team, just lost the game. I think the Bucks and Chiefs are still going to be bang up there, but I've got a lot to improve on and ironically play each other this week. Uh, Ravens and Bengals, two nice wins for the AFC North there. Um, Lions and Jags are better, I think, than people thought before the season started. Um, but I think overall, Week 3 was absolutely mental. Um, but yeah, we're just not going to have time to, to fully talk about it, unfortunately. But uh, we're going to move on to Week 4. And moving on to Week 4 means picks. So... For this week, as I said, Patrick's away, so I'm going to be joined by Callum Squires. Callum is a fellow member of the Full 10 Yards Network. He is part of the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast that I do every single Thursday. Um, he is a, an amazing kind of contributor to that. Very clever betting analyst. Um, knows his stuff. Also, Dolphins fans are very fitting. So I'm just going to pass on to my chat with Callum now to talk all things week four in the NFL season. And we're now joined by Callum from the Full 10 Yards Network, one of my uh, favourite betters in the, in the podcast scene. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Thanks for having me. Nice to nice to be able to put in a guest appearance here. And uh, yeah, always excited to talk uh, NFL with you, especially ahead of a, a weekend with a lot of interesting games going on. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting games. A lot of three-point spreads. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there's loads of three-point spreads, which is a bit annoying for us betters. But uh, we'll see if we can find some uh, find some value. Um, plan is we'll go through the games against the spread as we do every single week. Callum's picks are going to count towards Patrick's weekly score, so no pressure, mate. You, yeah, he's currently sorry, losing. Man. He's currently losing every. Uh, he's lost every week this this season. So you're, I'm thinking you're going to improve on his uh, on his scores. Um, but before that, let's talk about last night's game. Obviously, if anyone doesn't know you, you are a, a Dolphins fan. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the game before we talk about the sad news. Um, what were your thoughts on on it as a whole? Did it disappoint? Are we seeing a lot of Thursday night footballs this season? All seem to be a little bit disappointing, I think, on offense for some of these teams. Yeah, I mean, inherently, I, I feel like any primetime game, uh, has, most primetime games this year have been disappointments, which is a bit of a sad, yeah. you know, state of affairs. I, you know, I very much think it should be illegal for any primetime game to go under its points total, basically. I just think, you know, <laughs> you're putting them in primetime, they should be uh, high scoring and they should be fun. Um, I do think last night's game I think it's hard to talk about last night's game without talking about the sad news obviously because yeah. I think the outcome in a number of ways was heavily influenced by the injury 
Um, and we can go into the specifics of that as we go. But in general, I was viewing last night very much as a free hit for Miami based on the fact that if you told me uh, at the start of the season that we'd be three and one, I would have absolutely you know, jumped at that because in my head, that would have meant that we'd be in the Patriots, we'd found a way to be the Ravens and we'd be in the Bengals and lost to the Bills. Yeah. In actuality, being three and one, but the victory over the Bills is obviously very important for the division. So to be where we are, if we'd have won last night, it would have been amazing. 4-0 and would have been a dream. But I can't say I woke up this morning disappointed by any means with the start we've had to the season. Obviously, losing a game is, is not what you want. But in the grand scheme of things, provided that the injury we're going to talk about in a second <laughs> isn't too bad um, in the long run, I still feel really good about where we are as far as the season goes. What were your thoughts on... The Bengals, it's always hard to watch a game supporting your team. You don't always want to focus too much on the other side. But um, were you impressed with them or similar to what they've been for the rest of the season? Or was it kind of not a lucky win, but they've just benefited the circumstances? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was a lucky win. No, I mean, I, I was impressed by their uniforms. I thought they looked really good. Um, <laughs> I thought, that, yeah, the White Bengals are a nice idea and it worked really well. Um, I... T. Higgins was a standout performer on offense. You know, he and Joe Burrow have a good relationship. And I think really what you're seeing is teams will key in on Jamar Chase. I know we did for, for a lot of it last night. You know, he was, I think he only had one catch until the fourth quarter or maybe late in the third um, because he is such a threat. So you have to key in on him. But it was clear Xavier Howard for the Dolphins wasn't fully 100% fit, as you saw on that T. Higgins long touchdown. He got away from X, which is rare to see. Um I thought it was good to see Joe Mixon get his legs underneath him and get into the end zone because I think he's a really important part of this Bengals offense. When he's running the ball well, it opens up the passing game for Higgins, for Boyd, who had a decent game, including a pass to Chase, and Hayden Hurst, who I actually thought was one of the um, underrated pickups of the offseason. I think he's a good tight end. I think he's definitely an upgrade on CJ Uzama with no offense spent to him. Uh, but Hayden Hurst you know, had a good game last night on the opening drive and the touchdown that sealed it in the end. Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. He's going to win games like that throughout the season. He is that guy. I, I don't understand people who don't uh, respect him as the, the elite talent that he is. I would say that I wasn't impressed overall by the Bengals. I didn't think they were particularly good defensively. And, you know, that's not necessarily out of character for the Bengals in that I think everyone realizes last year they kind of just caught fire at the right time on the way to the Super Bowl. So I can't say that I was particularly surprised one way or another by either team's performance with the circumstances they had. The Bengals really needed last night to get back to 500. Going to one and three would have been pretty catastrophic for them. So I'm not surprised by the outcome at all. And I think the Bengals will improve as they continue to go. But in that division, you know, these games are going to be so tight in the AFC North that I can't really sit here and say that I feel like the Bengals will be able to repeat as AFC North champions. I think I think the Ravens will have a little bit too much for them. Yeah, I think they would probably think they should be 3-1 and one if they'd looked at the four games before the season started. But then they lose two of the easiest games they've got on their schedule and the season's a bit, of a, a bit up and down. Whereas now at 2-2, two and two, a win against a 3-0 team, not they've saved their season, but theoretically, percentage-wise, their, their playoff chances have increased a lot compared to what they were a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I'm kind of with you. Yeah. I, think they were too, I don't think they were too impressive. I thought the, both safeties looked pretty good. Obviously, Bell got yeah. Bell got two yeah. interceptions. Um, corners, I thought, weren't good at all. I know there was a lot of Eli Apple, Tyree Kill, banter, and it's now carrying on, even though I thought 
yeah, Apple didn't do much in the game at all. Um, but yeah, overall, I still think their defense is okay in the secondary. I like Hendrickson, but without DJ Reader, I thought they didn't look incredible on defense. And then for me, it's just still, still Zach Taylor. The amount of runs yeah. they were doing on like second and ten, I'm like, you've got three weapons there, maybe four if you include Hurst that can catch the ball yeah. extremely well. And they were just running it. It's like first and 10. Okay. We lost a yard. Second 11. We'll run it again. And then it's like third and eight. And we've Joe Burrow has got to make magic happen. And dolphins know that and just cover chase with two players, two safety, high safeties. And I just think for me, I still think the coach is the reason why they're not as good as they should be for me. For sure. And that, you know, on the, on the, I'm going to kind of discuss that by discussing my team on the flip side in that I think our coach is why we are as good as we can be. You know, yeah. Um, I think Mike McDaniel, what he's done in the first few weeks here has been remarkable. And I think last night he called a really good game <laughs> considering what happened. You know, I think yeah, he, he I was still really happy with the plays he was calling. I was still really happy with how the defense looked for the most part. I mean, look, Chase and Higgins are going to beat you deep once or twice. That's going to happen. You know, they are that good. And I think, you know, playing corner or safety in, in the NFL is arguably the hardest position to play just because you're trying to track the most supreme athletes out there. And, you know, Eli Apple's talk and, you know, Tyreek Hill goes for 10 catches and 160. I mean, you know, you can't really say that Eli Apple came out on top of that matchup, but obviously they won the game. So he gets to talk and I, and I understand that. Um, but no, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily fully convinced by Zach Taylor. I don't necessarily uh, hate him as much as some people on the internet seem to, but there are too many times where you're asking Joe Burrow to play hero ball and, that's not healthy for him. It's not healthy for the team. And to an extent, I saw a couple of people suggesting that the Bills were kind of falling into that trap as well recently where, you know, if Josh Allen isn't doing everything, what exactly are they doing? And so I, I would like to see them keeping, you know, ahead of the chains a little bit more and maybe a pass on first down every now and then because you have got those weapons. But yeah. uh, I do also understand wanting to use Joe Mixon and how talented he is. So... We'll we'll see, but I, I'm not worried about the Bengals at all. I think they'll they'll have a fine season, but I think they will be on the bubble of the playoffs, whether they sneak in or or, or just kind of miss out. But they'll be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I think they're a top eight or nine team at worst. So it's just will they finish seventh or they finish eighth is the is the difficult one. Um, and your coach as well, who I absolutely love. Um, a couple of weird moments. He went for it. Uh, he kicked like three fourth and ones or two, which is not what I want to see from a guy who is that analytically driven. But I think the situation was very rare last night. So I'll give him a night off for that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, when you go for the field goal and it gets blocked, then you immediately regret the field goal, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I think... Especially after the missed extra the, point as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think after the... After the injury, I understood that I think he thought we could win the game with field goals and defense. I do understand that. And I can tolerate that rather than, you know, the big momentum swing if you go for it on fourth down and don't get it. I, I, I wouldn't say last night is going to be typical of what Mike McDaniel does. Um, and obviously, you know, we should talk about, you know, the tour incident and, and what happened. And it's, um, you know, hard to see really hard to watch to be completely honest and you know I'm just glad that the reports coming out seem to be that he is okay generally um that's you know not in the same level as him but I've had a concussion once myself and it was not fun in the, in the slightest so uh I can't even imagine at, at that level and and what that's happened to him this week so yeah just fingers crossed too is okay because uh he's had an unbelievably good start to the year and you'd hate to see something like this derail a season or even his career because these things can happen. Yeah, and that's kind of the most important thing. 
obviously coming out of last night. What, what was your views as watching as a Dolphins fan? Because obviously it's very different for us. Um, Dolphins organisations had a lot of stick. I kind of think rightfully so, but I understand the other side of the view as well. But as a fan, I know the first instinct's always like, oh, let's hope the player's okay. But once he's then off the field and you're just thinking about it as a whole, it, from a fan, what are your views on how that was kind of handled and maybe what people are saying online about it? Um, I, I've seen a lot of criticism from McDaniel online, which I think is completely out of order. I mean, if there's, a, if there's one coach in the league that I think genuinely does care about the welfare of his players and you just see the way he talks about them, the way they react to him. I don't think there's any situation at all in the last few days where Mike McDaniel has stood in front of the media and lied. I don't think that at all. I will admit against the Bills, as soon as Tua got up and staggered, I was like, oh, concussion. Like 100%. You know, that's that was my yeah. first reaction. But if Tua says it's his back... I, I can't really call Tua a liar, do you know? And I, I don't understand how, if they do have this independent, you know, concussion monitor, supposedly, they have a process on the sidelines where it's yeah, an independent yeah. adjudicator who's going through it. I don't understand how you could hoodwink that, you know? Um, so if they tell me that Tua didn't have a concussion on Saturday, then I don't really have any way to, you know, judge that. It's very easy to look from afar and say, oh, you know, well, he's staggering so it must be his head injury but i've had seen loads of people say that if you get a hit to your back it can make your legs go wobbly i mean i i've never experienced that myself but i've seen people say that and if that's what they they say about saturday then you know i i guess i have to understand that and and trust that mcdaniel is not going to put two in if he's not healthy that said if there was any issue he shouldn't have played yesterday and i think again like i said being three and oh we could have allowed him a night off if we wanted to on, on short rest. But I'm sure that Tua himself was saying, no, I want to play. You know, if you're, if you're in, if you're Tua and you've been waiting this long to be the guy and have such a start with these weapons on this team, I, I don't understand how Tua could say to Mike McDaniel, yeah, I'm good. I want to play. And Mike McDaniel goes, no, actually, we're not going to play. Like, I, I just don't know how that could happen as a conversation. It would feel really weird. So I think it's just really unfortunate that this has happened, you know, two games in quick succession. But I do believe in the grand scheme of things, if they tell me he did not have a concussion on, on Sunday and he did get one today, it's an unfortunate coincidence, but may, maybe that is what it is. I mean, I think there is probably some likelihood that there was at least some element of last night that was influenced by Sunday. I'm sure that's, that's the case. But I, I don't really know that you can tell Tua he's not playing because you don't believe him? Do you know? I, I, I don't know if that's really realistic in the NFL. Yeah, I think if I give them the benefit of the doubt, I think the worst case, or sorry, the best case was he did have a back injury but and also had a bump knock on the head. Doesn't mean it's concussion. You can get hit on the for head. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And then not be concussion. But I think for me, that's kind of like their best outcome for them. That Okay, maybe yeah. it wasn't the head that made him stumble, but he obviously did shake his head after he got hit and it did hit the yeah. floor. Um, well, what was just... weird was I actually felt like the, the the like the impact to his head on Sunday was worse than yesterday. You know, like yeah, if you just watch yeah. the replay, like just up until he hits his head, he hits his head way harder on Sunday than yeah, he did yeah. yesterday. But obviously, I mean, as soon as they immediately you saw his fingers, and that was like the kind yeah. of horrific moment where everyone in the bar I was watching was like, "Oh no, oh god," you know, and you just knew straight away that like he was about that. I mean, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, 
his health comes before you know any sort of yeah. wins or you know anything for the Dolphins. Like I, I really like the kid. He seems like a really nice guy. Everyone seems to love him. And, you know, everyone you hear talk about him is just, you know, how committed he is, how passionate he is, how much he wants to succeed in this. And I really, really want him to be the guy. So I just, I really hope he takes the time he needs. We are fortunate that we have 10 days, really, until our next game. I still probably wouldn't play him against the Jets, frankly, because I don't think it's worth it, even if he is healthy. Same. And then we have six more winnable games in a row. So as far as backups go, he didn't have the ending we wanted him to last night, but Teddy Bridgewater did fine. And yeah, he's one of the better backups, isn't he? I would say top three in the league, for sure, as far as guys who have proven experience. I mean, you know, like Kenny Pickett and the rookies, maybe we'll just leave them out of that discussion because we haven't seen them before. But as yeah. far as, like, guys go, you know, you're talking Jimmy G, you're talking Teddy Bridgewater, and, you know, as much as I might not be a Jimmy G believer, Mike McDaniel got Jimmy G to a Super Bowl. Teddy Bridgewater can't be that far off Jimmy G in reality. So, you know, I, I can think he can stay afloat at the very least. You know, we're in a fortunate situation where we're two games above 500. Seven games from now, we should still be above 500, even in the worst case scenario. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, thoughts and prayers and everything for Tua, make sure he's healthy. But if you'd offered me three and one before the season, I, I would have taken it. So, fingers yeah. crossed we can figure out a way to stay on that. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he plays against the Jets. Um because it'll, yeah, it'll be basically 17 days rest after that, which is a lot more palatable, I think. But it's hard to know because the thing that happened last night could be so bad that, like you said, it affects people for months, for years. So you never know. So let's just hope that that's not the case for him. And 17 days from now, he's lacing them back up and playing. Um, the only thing I add is in terms of the NFL in general, it's very strange that someone, because in the rules, it says if you stumble at all, even if you pass yeah. concussion, you shouldn't come back in that game. And I just think it's so weird that you then don't test someone again on the Monday. Do you know what I mean? Like, because they yeah, said because sure. he passed because he passed that test on Sunday, he never had any other test. The only way he'd ever be tested if he came in and said, oh, "I've got a headache" or or yeah, whatever. And, and that, I think and that's you should the just, thing is, two yeah. is not going to do that, is he? No, I think you should just be able to. I think you should automatically just test them again on Monday. The same test. If they pass again, then you've got an extra layer of protection where you say, "Look, they passed two days in a row, no symptoms according to the team or the player." What else can we do from that point? But there is a lot of when you leave it up to the on the Sunday and then you don't readdress it again. I just think that's yeah. a little bit risky. So I hope they can change that protocol um, in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see them. I mean, you could probably implement a thing where you just say every single player gets tested for minor concussion symptoms on a Monday, you know? And if they're, you know, just realistically, because people could have one and not really realize it, I guess, you know, there, there's obviously varying degrees to how severe it could be. Yeah. So you could implement something league-wide where you say on a Monday, we will just take a baseline. And if you're way off the rest of the group, then we'll maybe look into it more closely. Yeah, I, you know, I I think that the biggest argument I saw online and something that I think you can really argue is that the Dolphins should have saved Tua from himself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I can totally understand Tua. Are we, every, anyone who's ever played sport, and, you know, I've certainly not played to the level of the NFL, but I, you know, I've played in situations where you're like, no, I can fight through this, whether it's a small injury, whether it's a concussion or something like that. And I'm not surprised that Tua wanted to play at all. Obviously, I wish this hadn't happened. Um, and yeah, I, I, I will be surprised if there's no kind of fallout from this. But yeah. I don't for one second think that Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins coaching staff in any way pressured 
or put two out there thinking that he wasn't okay. That's what that's what I'll say. Yeah, I agree. I don't think any of it's on the coach. Um, you never know with like medical staffs and stuff. Someone could have made a bad decision. And it's in like, their job. It's happened before. Look at the Chargers doctor who like worked for twenty years, no issues, and then had that issue with Tara Taylor. So, um, yeah, we'll see. The the NFL so the investigation is actually over, but obviously the NFL PA are doing their own investigation. So, yeah, um, we'll see what comes of that. They do focus on safety quite heavily. Um, which is one of the things that gets leveled at them. They don't focus on the money side of things enough and they always focus only on safety. That's why they don't practice as much. That's why the padded practices are down and stuff. Um, preseason games obviously reduced. Um, so we'll see if they hold up the bargain and, and try and do something to help the players out. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it was a bad wait for that game to happen because I was really looking yeah. forward to it as well. And it kind of did. I don't know how the players carry on playing after that. But <laughs> no, I, I mean, you, you could see, I think everyone was going through the motions until halftime. I don't think anybody really kind of regrouped at all, full stop. But the second half felt a little, little bit more normal. What I will say is, I went to bed last night convinced that if Tua played the full game, the Dolphins would have won. I, that's really how I felt with how we'd started, how we were moving the ball. The Bengals had one really long drive to start the game, which looked really good. And then they had something like, I think it was like 60 yards on 19 plays the next you know few drives. Oh. And so I remain convinced that if, if Tua plays the full game, the Dolphins would be 4-0. and And to be honest with you, that knowledge is good enough for me. Like, we are not a joke. We may not necessarily be the best 3 and one team you've ever seen, but we are absolutely a playoff contending team. And from where we've been, you know, I was joking last night, if you don't love me at my Ryan Tannehill, you don't deserve me at my Tua Tagovailoa. You know, and so we are in the right direction and um thankfully you know mike mcdaniel and, and the boys are, are moving in the right direction for us yeah till the injury you would be struggled to say that one team was like markedly better than the other and that's a team that no. that think they they'll also be a playoff team and you you also had injuries in the secondary so um yeah i've been high on the dolphins defense for a long time so i think that the, the team should win double digits it's just always been like okay is the AFC? Are you going to need to win eleven games to get in the playoffs? That's always been the issue, but well, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll talk about those teams in a minute. Yeah, I mean, pre pre preseason, looking at our schedule, I was kind of saying, you know, I think our floor, if everything went really wrong, is like eight and nine, and if everything went absolutely perfectly, maybe we could sneak to like a twelve and five. But I think the truth of it is, we'll be either ten and seven or eleven and six, and the question is. Is ten and seven enough to get one of those wild card spots? Because I still think that the Bills will win the division, but we'll see. You know, yeah. I, I didn't expect to be three and one, especially not with wins over the teams we've beaten. So can't complain. Can't complain. We'll see. If you beat the Bills twice, that makes the uh, division yeah. very interesting. But we'll see. Um, cool. On to Sunday then. We'll go through it as we normally do in time order. Um, some of the games that will class as lesser games, <laughs> we'll speed through and just give a quick summary and, uh, and, and our pick. But some of the bigger games we'll spend some more time on. Um, and we're not starting London. First game, 2.30 p.m. kickoff our time. You're, for anyone listening who doesn't know, you are in Dallas. <laughs> so what time is that for you? Yes. So it's an 8.30 a.m. game for me. So I will... Um... I will be up early that morning watching the Manchester derby. So um, oh, nice. I, I will have I will have United and City on the TV, and I'll have uh, Vikings Saints on the phone. It does. Yeah, it feels weird. You know, I, I was at both London games last year um, before I moved over here back back over here to Texas, and so it feels weird to uh, not be in the town. You know, I like what I've seen them doing. You know, Good Morning Football down by the Thames all week. I yeah. think they're doing some really good stuff. We're growing the game in the UK, and 
yeah, hopefully it'll be a good game. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure we'll go through this injury stuff, but uh, fingers crossed there'll be a, a shootout in London rather than a drab Thursday night affair. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is probably on paper one of the best games for a while in London. Unfortunately, injuries seem to always, ru- not ruin, but impact these games. Um, spread is Vikings minus three. Obviously, there's no real home field. It was minus two, but um, for anyone that doesn't know, Jameis is probably very unlikely to play. He's listed as doubtful, and that normally means that you're not going to play, to be honest, especially with that amount of travel they've had to do. His injury is not going to be healed up. Uh, Michael Thomas is also out, um, which is a big issue. Kamara is going to play, but also has an injury. Um, and Landry has an injury as well, but it's probably going to play, um, according to reports. So the reason why the Lions moved is purely because of those injuries. Um, do you think they can get it done with Dalton or not? I'm not, I'm not think I've ever heard you talk about Dalton because he obviously hasn't started this year. But as a Dallas person, you probably have a lot of friends that don't like him from last year. <laughs> I, I don't know that they hold a grudge against him. I mean, I, I think Andy Dalton kind of is what he is. I think, you know, he was serviceable for a while uh, yeah. in Cincinnati. And I mean, you know, you can think about, um, I think he still gets a hero's welcome every time he goes to Buffalo for getting the Bills into the playoffs what, a few years ago with that miracle uh, win against the Ravens. I, I think Dalton is a serviceable quarterback. And, you know, we're talking about good backups. I mean, I'd put him top five backups. You know, I, I don't think he... I don't think there can really be that much difference between him and Teddy Bridgewater, in all honesty. Obviously, he's a little bit older, maybe a little bit less mobile, but Andy Dalton's been around the game long enough to, I think, keep this one close, I guess. Um, I I really don't like the line one way or another. Um, (laughs) I, I wish it was either still at minus two, and I'd probably be tempted by the Vikings. But at three, I feel like you're asking for a push. And then equally, what I'd really like it to be is more like, you know, Saints plus four and a half, five, and then I might feel more comfortable taking the Saints. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not high on the Vikings generally. I know you know that, and this (laughs) is something that's kind of gone through the offseason. I'm not really a huge believer in their defense. I think the Eagles shredded them, and I don't think for one second the Saints are the Eagles. Uh, But with players like Kamara and, I mean, Chris Alave's had quietly a really good start to the season. A lot yeah. of people giving Drake London props, but Chris Olave is, is right there. He's, was it you saying this stat about the air yards with Chris Olave? There's something like only six players in NFL history have had the same amount of air yards as he has in the first few weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I think when I read yesterday, it was the second, it's the second most in the last like five seasons as well, which obviously yeah. passing passing has been much bigger in the last four or five years sure, than it has before. Sure. Yeah, and his numbers are nuts. He's just not getting the ball and he had that, that awful drop, didn't he, in the game before against the Bucks. But yeah, I'm with you. I think he's amazing. I think him and Landry, I think Landry would be good with a player like Dalton as well, you know, in the middle, yeah. um, kind of down the middle of the field, short stuff. Um, see how healthy Kamara is. I, I'd, I've been a bit worried about Kamara for about two years now. He just doesn't look the same player to me. And I know some of that is because you haven't got Drew Brees absolutely peppering you with targets all the time. Yeah. But I'm a little bit worried about him. Um, so in terms of the spread, uh, I will take Vikings minus three, as you know, and everyone listens to this podcast knows. I picked the Vikings nine weeks in a row last year for, for <laughs> people on this podcast. So I am a bit of a Kirk Cousins believer, and we don't want to get into too much of a Kirk debate, but uh, no, I'll go no, minus three. But it is not at 1 p.m. No. Eastern time. Yeah, it's not prime time, is it? But it's very okay. weird. Yeah, okay. uh, it's a London time. Yeah, and uh, we actually looked at this without knowing. These two have played each other before, haven't they? And they actually tied Dalton and Cousins yeah. tied in London. So uh, if we get a tie, obviously, uh, my bet's not going to come in Vikings minus three. But yeah, if it happens, 
I'm just going to have to come off Twitter, I think, for a while, just because the amount of people that are going to be giving me stick about Cook. But yeah, as I'll long, go to Vikings. As long as, mine, it's so. like a, yeah, as long as it's like a 35-35 tie, <laughs> then, uh, then we're good. Um, yeah, I guess just for contrarian's sake, I, I'll, I'll start here. I don't want us to agree on too much, so I'll take the Saints here. Um, I'll take the plus three, though I'll, uh, I'll hope it maybe floats up to three and a half. But yeah. Yeah, in terms of real betting, I probably would uh, want to stay away till uh, the day because I do think people in England especially are going to hammer this game. So I think the line's going to move one way or the other. Points total at the moment on Sky as well, where we get ours from, is 41. Um, I would definitely take the over there. That that would be my pick if I had one, yeah. Yeah, even with Dalton, I think I would, just because he could throw a pick six as well. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, next game, then, one of the best games for the early slate, which is much better than the late slate on Sunday. We have Jags at Eagles. Eagles are favoured by seven points. Obviously, Doug Peterson coming home, I think, the first time now since they won that Super Bowl. Um, he's got a statue as well, so the fans do love him. So, the, the atmosphere is not going to be a very typical Eagles home game where, every, where they hate the other team. They're going to give him a little bit of love before they start booing the Jags. Um, where do you sit on this one? Because it is, I think it's the second biggest spread of the week at seven points. So it's pretty big. Yeah, I I feel like they're worried about people taking the Eagles. I guess. I think, yeah, I, think I think so. the spread is this, they, they they want you to take the Jags. I guess and with this spread, um, I might fall into that trap. To be completely honest, um, you know, again at six point five, I'd be more tempted by the Eagles. But, you know, when you get that seven and you're worried about the push, I feel like Jacksonville could be the pick here. Yeah, I, I, I do think they might do the kind of classic uh, rope-a-dope thing where they give Doug Peterson all the love in the world before the game and then the moment the first whistle blows, shower <laughs> him with booze, which I, I actually think is quite clever. Um, I mean, you saw how rattled Russell Wilson was by booze in Seattle in week one uh, yeah. on Monday night. I don't think Doug Peterson is necessarily going to be exactly the same based on he's a coach rather than a player. Um, but I, I've been very impressed by the Jags. I mean, that win against the Chargers was big time um, and yeah. not one that I expected. I thought they would be better this year because I think Peterson is a really good coach. And I do think, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you don't go from being what he was in college to the NFL and then all of a sudden just not be good. Like he is a phenomenon and he's going to be very good for Jacksonville for a long time. I wasn't necessarily a believer in the, the acquisitions of the Christian Kirks of this world and these A. Joneses, but Trevor Lawrence is making them look good and they're getting open and they're getting touchdowns and Robinson and ETN is probably a top 10 one-two punch at running back in the league. Um, you know, they've, they've got talented players around and their defense is young and ferocious. This is the biggest test they've had by far uh, yeah. because this Eagles team is flying. So I will take the Jags to keep it close and I'll go Jags plus seven as much as the bookmakers want you to do that. But I would not be surprised if Jalen Hurts just comes out and absolutely obliterates them the way they have everyone else so far because the Eagles do look really, really good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm Jags plus seven as well. My co-host is an Eagles fan. Then he would take Jags because he <laughs> wants to reverse jinx reverse jinx himself as well. But um, yeah, I'm with you. The defense has been really, really impressive. I was watching a good film breakdown. that They played more odd fronts than anyone else where they're going to have like two people lined up at tackle, no one else. Then they're going to have six people lined up to try and rush and they only rush three. Um, and I just think that their defense is really good. Trayvon Walker's looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look, um, especially against the run. Devin Lloyd's arguably been defensive rookie of the year through, I know it's only three games, but he's been very impressive. 
Um, and I just think Josh Allen as well um, has played a lot yeah. better than I thought he had. So, yeah, I think their defense is good. I think blitzing Hurts is by far the best option because he still can't read defenses, as we saw in the playoffs against the Bucks, to the level you'd want him to. And I do think it's weird how teams haven't blitzed him. I think they're so worried about the legs, they're just yeah. not blitzing him. But I just think you need to blitz him more and just get him into longer situations where he has to throw it and then just see, can you kind of man up A.J. Brown every other play and just see if it works a little bit. So, yeah, I think the Jags defense is really, really good. Trevor Lawrence is like second in the NFL in EPA per play for drop back. Uh, their offense is like the third most efficient offense in the league so far. They're second in points scored. I uh, know, oh, sorry, fourth in points scored. Um, so, yeah, I think they're really good. So I'm going to go Jags plus seven and I might even pick them to win the game on the Ooh. day. Um, I'm okay. not as high on uh, Jane Hurts as other people. Amazing for fantasy and he's been great yeah. so far, but... He will have that those two or three games where he is just not efficient at throwing the ball. That's just the quarterback he's always been. So, yeah, he will. He will. I mean, I, I do think the Eagles win this game, but I do think there will be like I guarantee you the Eagles will lose to the Cowboys one of two for sure. <laughs> you know, just it, it will happen, and they'll find a way to do that. So, but yeah, no, I, I think the Eagles win this game, but I'd be surprised if Peterson and Trevor Lawrence didn't keep it close. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be putting this game in teasers. Either Jags up to 13 or Eagles down to, to 1. I think loads of people are going to be betting that. Um, next game then, one of the uh, quicker ones we'll go through. Uh, Browns at Falcons. I want to mention this one next because the spread is weird. I don't understand why the spread is what it is. It's Browns minus 1. I know they're on the road, but I guessed with my friends in our group chat this would be minus 4 when we kind of guessed the lines. Uh, I was surprised to see it at minus one. So for me, it's just an easy, I'll take the Browns minus one. The quarterback is horrendous. And for me, I don't like Brissett. He's probably, he might even be worse than Marcus Mariota, who's going against. Um, <laughs> but the rest of the team is so good. Uh, and the defense, up front at least, um, looks good. And I know Miles Garrett had that car accident, but prayers that he's okay. And he's actually not even listed as out for the game. He's questionable. So he could play. So for me, I'll go Browns minus one. I think it's one of the easier picks for the week. Yeah, following on from what we were talking about earlier, Miles Garrett shouldn't play. Let's just clarify that. He should not play. Uh, he might, sure. you know, what he's like. He is an animal. Um, yeah, really glad to know that his injuries were, you know, minor at, at most. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with you that this line makes absolutely no sense. The Browns are a far superior roster from top to bottom. I'm not a Jacoby Brissett guy either, but he has done exactly what he's needed to do so far. If he doesn't turn the ball over and can get Amari Cooper six catches for 80 yards and David and Joku four catches for 40 yards. And then they just run the ball with Chubb and Hunt. This Browns team will be really good because they've got a young defense who are good and are talented. When yeah. Garrett's healthy, they've got a great pass rush. So I, I mean, I didn't think the Browns would be three and one, but realistically the Browns, you know, sorry, I didn't think the Browns would be about to go to three and one, but realistically they should be four and oh, because they should never have lost that Jets game. So uh, yeah, I think I, I, I see it as an easy one as well. I'd definitely take the Browns here. To be honest with you, I'd take the Browns up to minus 6.5, to be completely honest, because I think Cordero Patterson's had a good start to the season. Drake London looks good. They don't seem to remember they have Kyle Pitts on their team in Atlanta, so I, I don't really have much hope in, in the Falcons long term. They are definitely a top five pick in next year's draft, as far as I'm concerned. So it should be a straightforward Browns win. Yeah, should be. Yeah, I think um, their offense has been quite fun, but I think when teams get it on tape a bit more, they'll they'll realize that the Falcons and actually Patterson as well might not play. He's he's questionable. Yeah, um, so you yeah. could be an Algier game, which uh, I didn't mind him in the draft. I got him in Dynasty because how late he went, but 
Um, Patterson's been one of the best players for this team for two years now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd probably take this. I don't know if I'd go as far as you to six, but I was, surpri- <laughs> I was surprised it wasn't four or five, to be honest. I would honest, definitely but... take a 2.5 for sure. You know. Yeah, same. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Um, pains me to see the Browns doing well, as everyone listens to this podcast knows. <laughs> um, so yeah, if the Falcons yeah. can win, I'll take that. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's go to your uh, your local team then. Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys favoured by three. Um, the Cooper Rush game, as everyone uh, wants to know this as. Uh, what are the feelings locally with people that you see? Because obviously over here, we see the whole Twitter kind of, I guess, hyped up atmosphere that everyone's like, okay, Cooper Rush might be better than uh, Dak or the players might like him more than Dak. Obviously, I love Dak, so I completely disagree. But from an actual fan perspective over there, the people you chat to, what do they say about this QB situation? I, 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 Cowboys fans are funny, you know, <laughs> and and because there's, there's there's so many that are the stereotypical that you you see on Twitter, and there's so many that are just like, no, I refuse to be that. But in trying to refuse to be that, they kind of go too far the other way, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes um, sense. I, I don't think anybody really thinks that Cooper Rush is is better than Dak. I mean, I think you know anybody who says that, quite frankly, I will just laugh you off and disregard everything you say for the next hour after that. You know. Um, yeah. I think I think Dak is is clearly still in that tier of quarterbacks that is great without being elite right now. I think he could still become that elite quarterback, but he needs to stay healthy. He's been you know too injured in the last two years, and when they needed him in the playoffs against the Niners, they they laid an egg, and that's that's really unfortunate because that Cowboys team last year was better than the Niners and really should have won that game and gone on a little bit of a run in the playoffs. As far as Cooper Rush goes. I wonder if he's the ultimate inverse Kirk Cousins, where he can only <laughs> win in prime time because he's, he's three and three and zero. Three and zero, yeah. And yeah, um, doesn't you know really doesn't really seem to uh, have that much confidence of people around here. I mean, I to be honest with you, because of who they're playing, I will definitely take the Cowboys because I think the Commanders are terrible. I can't <laughs> trust Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz to the Eagles. I actually thought Carson Wentz to the Colts was going to work. Obviously, didn't really. I, I don't have a problem with Carson Wentz as a player or as a person, but he's not something you can rely on. And for all his deficiencies, Cooper Rush has been reliable in what he's done for the Cowboys. He's been straightforward. He's kept it simple. When he has players like C.D. Lamb who can make the plays that he made on Monday night, they always have a chance. Elliot and Pollard is a really good running back duo. And... Zeke is not necessarily what he was four years ago, but he started this season more reminiscent of that than what we've seen in the last couple of years. You know, going for 60 to 80 yards and a touchdown. If Zeke does that every game, the Cowboys will be in good shape. They will really be in good shape. I don't know that Michael Gallup's going to play this weekend either, but he's getting close to a return. And when you've got Gallup and Lamb and, you know, Noah Brown seems to be doing well, if Dalton Schultz gets healthy, the more, you know, they still have a really good receiving core. So I am completely convinced that this NFC East will still come down to Cowboys against the Eagles for sure. I don't think the Giants or the Commanders will be anywhere near it. Um, but yeah, for sure this weekend I will absolutely be on, on the Cowboys side of that line 100%. Yeah, it seems a bit like a stereotypical trope going around now, but because Cooper Rush has thrown to Noah Brown so much in practice, which is what everyone keeps talking about, uh, yeah. almost I do believe it because their connection, he, yeah. does look for, he does look for him even more than he looks for 
CD Lamb, which is yeah. uh, which is strange, but yeah. And also they both got dreads, so when you watch it on the field, it's eighty five <laughs> and eighty eight. It does yeah, look yeah, a bit yeah. weird when you bet That's on um, all the CD Lamb overs and no Brown yeah. catches like thirty yard pass. I'm almost like oh. that was exactly how I was on Monday night. I was like, <laughs> I needed one more catch from CD, and then you know for my fantasy teams, I'm I'm sat there. You know I've got CD in a number of places and dynasty leagues, and then, you know I'm like, is that is it? Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that they're, they're, I'm kind of just about working out the Browns' shoulders are a little bit wider, so I've started to be able to hone <laughs> in on it. But um, yeah, I, I can't say this will be one of the games that I'm paying huge close attention yeah. to. Um, I try and avoid the Commanders at all, you know, possible <laughs> ventures because they're just miserable. And talking of bad franchises like the uh, the aforementioned Browns, the Commanders are right up there um, with franchises that really should be torn apart and destroyed. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but this weekend, 100%, we're on the, the Dallas bandwagon for sure. Nice. Yeah, I'm with you on Zeke. Um, was terrible last year, but had a really bad injury. So I've got a lot of him in fantasy. Uh, as someone who has to watch Clyde Edwards-Alaire every week, I would rather have <laughs> Zeke. So that's, that's what I'll say. But ironically, I'm actually going against you. And I am going Commanders. Because Carson Wentz will be good once every five or six weeks. This this could be the week. And I thought the Giants hang, hung in quite well um, with this team with no wide receivers. And I, I think Commanders 1-2 at wide receiver. McLaurin and Dotson are very good. So I'll go plus three. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys won by like a two from some yeah. safety no, against Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll go, uh, I'll go plus three. I could see either team winning this by two touchdowns because I just think if Cooper Rush has a game that he should have, then the commander's defense can eat. But if Carson Wentz has a game he has every month, then that he could throw four or five picks. He was awful last yeah. week. I'll yeah. go commanders plus three to uh, keep it interested. That's good. Yeah, uh, we got we to have some juxtaposition. <laughs> Uh, and now the worst game of the season, or worst game of the week, we have the Bears at Giants. The Giants are missing pretty much every receiver. Um, they're now saying they're not going to probably play Tony till next week in London. Uh, so it's going to be Stills and Richie James, I think his name is, uh, who are going to be getting all the receptions there. So not good for any fantasy fans for uh, for Daniel Jones. But uh, yeah, the spread is Giants minus three at home. It's another one of these three. Uh, I'm going to go Giants minus three just because of how bad the Bears have been and the Giants seem to actually at least play for their coach and have a good offensive play caller that I think maybe can score them 10 points in the first three drives with his scripted plays and then after that it'll just be an absolute kind of slugfest of just running on first and 10, second and 11 and hope Saquon can can do something. So I'll go Giants minus three, but that's more a pick against the Bears than there's a pick for the Giants, I think. I uh, I like the fact that the Giants are doing a touching tribute to the Bears' inability to complete a pass by just having no <laughs> wide receivers. I think that's that's really nice of them. Um, I've got a funny little caveat story that I'm just going to quickly tell you about this game, basically, which is that I'm in a fantasy league this year where the aim of the game is to score <laughs> as points. few points as possible. Yeah. And obviously, you get you get penalties if you get exactly zero, but you're trying to get you know very small amounts. And the two quarterbacks that I got in the draft were Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. And I feel great about that. I feel very good about myself because they both look useless. And this game is miserable as a result of both these quarterbacks being absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. I would agree with you, though. I will go for the Giants, largely because one team has Saquon Barkley and one team doesn't. I do really like Khalil Herbert for the Bears. I think he is probably one of the most underrated backups in the league and you know now may step into a starting role with Montgomery a little bit banged up. Uh, but yeah, I would 100% take the Giants because the Bears are that bad. I really think the Bears could end up being the number one overall pick next year. And yeah. if Justin Fields doesn't step up a little bit, maybe they're looking for a quarterback to, to replace him. You know, these Ohio State quarterbacks, you know, we can't trust them. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. 
But um, yeah, I 100% would be generally staying away from this mess of a game and pretending yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> but I will take the Giants against the spread because they are just slightly better, I guess. But the fact yeah. that they're going to be three and one is a joke. One of these oh, teams yeah. is going to be three and one, which is a travesty. Yeah. Because to have them on the same level as my Dolphins is offensive. I just want to say that. <laughs> well, and my Chiefs, potentially. Yeah, uh, it's just forgive crazy. Me, forgive me. <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah. And the thing with the Bears is they want to, well, they don't necessarily want to lose games, but they do want to lose games. They, to have two wins already, I didn't think they'd have two wins by week seven or eight. Maybe maybe because of this game they would. But um, yeah, it is crazy how these teams have got these wins between them. But um, yeah, not good. Khalil Herbert was, I think, RB1 in fantasy last week in a half PPR league. So I think he'll have another good game. But um, yeah, not a game I'll be watching. The under over is 40, which is funny that the Saints-Vikings is only one point more with, with, the, weapons, with the weapons yeah. in that game. But uh, I think we're going to see a lot of people betting the under in that one. Um, another game that might have the under then, Jets at Steelers, also a minus three. So we have Steelers minus three. Zach Wilson may play. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. I haven't checked today, but as of yesterday, it was kind of a maybe. Uh, I don't really know what that does to me because Joe Flacco has been playing quite well. He dumps it off to running backs loads and their running backs are pretty good at catching the ball and, and getting yards after the catch. Zach Wilson probably won't do that and will get sacked a lot more um, if he plays. So I don't really know which QB I prefer. And I'm someone who loves Zach Wilson uh, like traditionally, but Joe Flacco has played a lot better than I thought he was going to play. Um, so I probably will just have to go with Steelers minus three because of the defense. Um, I'm not expecting this game to be very good either. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky will probably stay in, which is not great if you're a fan. And the under over for this one is also 41, which is the same as Vikings, <laughs> Vikings Saints. Um, I think that's probably an underplay. But yeah, I'll go Steelers just purely on defense. So I think this game's going to be pretty terrible to watch. To be honest. Do we know if Minka Fitzpatrick is playing? Is he out? Is he back? Um, I will I check. I, I, I know he was up in the air. Um, sorry, yeah, while you check that, I'll carry on. I should have checked it myself. I apologize. Um, I, it's weird because I, I quite like the Steelers as a franchise. I've never had anything against the Steelers. Obviously, you know, Dolphins and Steelers, we don't really play each other very often. Um, I really like Mike Tomlin and everything he's about. So I've kind of got a little bit of soft spot for, for the Steelers generally. The Jets have been so irrelevant that I don't really have a hatred for them like I'm supposed to in the AFC East. And I actually do think, you know, I was actually quite excited about Zach Wilson coming into this season. So I'm going to take the Jets here. But I'm going to preface it by saying I'm assuming that Zach Wilson will play. I think they're ready to kind of get him back in there, and I, I think he yeah. will play. Um, the Steelers' defense is fearsome, but it isn't the same without TJ Watt. It just isn't the same. So I, I think the Jets can definitely keep it close. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers won by a point or two. But with the plus three, I feel comfortable being on the Jets' side here. I think Brees Hall is starting to show why he was, you know, touted as the number one running back coming out of this draft. Um, and, you know, hearing Wilson to Wilson for Garrett Wilson will be something that I think we might start to hear for the first time this weekend as I, I, I do like what he's done. I mean, really, all these rookie, rookie wide receivers have really looked good this year. And I do think it continues to show the wide receiver is by far and away the deepest position in the league because there are so many talented guys who can break out, you know, any other week. And uh, you look at what Romeo Dobbs did last week for Green Bay, you yeah. know, and he was he was what, fourth fourth round pick. I mean, you know, there's there's talent. It's a very deep position. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the Jets here. I believe in Wilson to Wilson, keeping it close. Yeah, Garrett Wilson played really good against Cleveland as well in that game. He was amazing in that game. Screaming at a kid as well when he scored that touchdown was 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 hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Rookie wide receivers proven again that maybe teams are right to trade away some of these 
some yeah. of these guys, especially if they're older, like Devontae Adams. But um, yeah, we'll see. My team's not really playing their wide receiver they drafted, <laughs> so I've got issues with that position at the moment. But we'll see if that, that might change on Sunday. That might change. Um, yeah, I'll go, like I said, I'll go Steelers. Minka Fitzpatrick is probably going to play. He practiced today. Okay. So um, he'll probably play, but um, I think Weatherspoon's injured, who is their, basically their best corner. So um, yeah, I think this game maybe could go over if Zach Wilson plays and plays well, and the Steelers get a couple of them kind of typical Steelers plays where the throw is awful, but George Pickens or someone just pulls it out of the year 50 yards and they score a touchdown. Uh, we'll see. Um, next one then, Titans at Colts, AFC South. Um, they went, four, four, was it 3-0 and against the AFC West last week? Um, so I was going to say the worst division in football, but last week's proven otherwise. Uh, Colts are favoured by three. Um, I actually really like the Titans plus three here, but I don't think it's a bet I would do in real life because the AFC South is an absolute disaster but I think for this game I think Titans plus three has to be the play because I watched the Colts even though they won they were awful so I don't know how they won but they did so I'm going to go Titans plus three they won because Chris Jones was really mean to Matt Ryan okay I th- right I thought it had to be a, a slur <laughs> like you know like a white a slur against someone yeah. who's white but then yeah. he's practiced all week. So if it, if it was, they'd ban him for that. But they've let him practice all week. So God knows what he said. But Matt Ryan threw his toys out the pram and uh, got a first down, unfortunately. So Yeah, yeah listen, I, I was not I was not cheering for the Colts. I won it on the record last weekend. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, who knows exactly what happened there. This, this I, I'm really intrigued by this game. I'm with you. It's not one that I'd want to go near, quote unquote, in real life. But I'm really interested to see what happens. Because yeah. the fact that one of these teams is going to be one win out of four, when I really thought these two would be the top two of the division. And I, I think they might still end up that way. I think Jacksonville might have some ups and downs as the season goes on. I will take the Titans as well because I think Vrabel is a good enough coach to keep it close. I don't necessarily think that I don't necessarily think that that makes the Titans the better team here. Um, I think Matt Ryan is actually a good pickup for the Colts and in the long run will really help them. I mean, you saw what he did with Jelani Woods last weekend, who, you know, is a big target, but, you know, you have to put the ball in the right spots for him to be able to be effective. And Matt Ryan is able to do that. I, I really do like what Michael Pittman's doing. But the story of this game for me has to be the two running backs because both running backs here should be getting fed early and often. Like, we should really be, we should be seeing 100-yard rushes on both sides of the ball, for sure, with the talent of, of Henry and Jonathan Taylor. So it could be a game where you want to take the under because they're both running the ball. But equally, both of them is likely to break one loose and go 80 yards for a touchdown and then the over's back in play. So it's a weird one. I'll take the Titans to keep it as a close, tight one. I don't think either team blows the other one out. Uh, But I actually could see this sneakily being a more more entertaining game than we think because of how heavily they both lean on the run. I think the play-action holes should open up. Um, Players like Robert Woods and Traylon Burks really need to step up for the Titans because they really haven't had any receiving threat in the first three games so far. And then, you know, on, on the on the Colts side of things, I just want to see Michael Pittman, you know, be healthy and continue to do what he's doing because the, the Colts have an option there. I really like Alec Pierce, the rookie out of Cincinnati. He's someone that I got a lot of in, in drafts and in dynasty leagues this summer. So hopefully he continues to uh, to, to make the next, next leap. I think he had 60-odd yards last weekend and started to look good. So, yeah, excited to see what happens in this game. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lean towards the Titans. Yeah, Carl Phillips played quite well as well for the Titans. He was yeah. like a fourth-round pick yeah. rather than a 
the first rounder at wide receiver. But yeah, I think this could be the exact game where there's certain games going to halftime on red zone, and it's just like let's go to the middle of the third, third quarter because the clock's <laughs> yeah. been the clock's been running yeah. the whole time. But um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes these defenses as well, even though there's some good players on paper, they can have some busts, and I think it could be quite a fun game due to chaos, not necessarily the best football. But, the Colts um, are a weird team. As you yeah, found out are. last week, weird shit happens when the Colts are playing. So yeah. we'll find out. We will. Um, next game then, Seahawks at Lions. Um, came out today, didn't it, that St. Brown is going to be missing for the Lions. Um, DeAndre Swift is going to be missing. So the line is now minus five. It was six and a half, I believe, earlier in the week. It's now down to five. Um, in real life, I definitely won't be betting this game just because that spread kind of scares me in terms of the injuries. Obviously, Jameson Williams still not playing yet. So the Lions' weapons are a little bit down. Jared Goff, we know what he's like. Pete Carroll has faced him enough times to to throw some wonky looks at him. And then the Seahawks have a quarterback that I don't believe in. So I'm not, I'm not sure in real life what I would do. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? What, what spread are you going to take? Oh, I'm firmly Dan Campbell's team here. Um, <laughs> Dan, Dan Campbell could cover Mount Everest with a napkin. They cover every single week. Like, it doesn't matter what the spread is, who they're playing, they will cover. Um, I don't know the exact stats, but they covered a lot last year, and they're three yeah, loads yeah. this year. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, the Geno Smith redemption tour was really nice in week one, and that was it. I, <laughs> think the Seahawks will in future really regret not trading for Baker Mayfield this offseason um, unless they're able to find a way to get one of these top guys next year. With the players they have on their roster in you know, Ken Walker, who they drafted, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they might just be able to win enough games to unfortunately not get one of those top quarterback guys and maybe have to try and trade up. But... Yeah, I, I, I don't see the Seahawks really putting up a fight against the Lions here, even without Amon Ra and uh, DeAndre Swift. I think Jamal Williams had a really good start to the season. I quite like Craig Reynolds as a third running back. I think he's got some some grit to him. And the other wide receivers that they've got, you know, Josh Reynolds is perfectly serviceable. I mean, really, I just wish Jamison Williams was back because that would be, yeah. you know, absolutely electric for uh, for the Lions. I, I really like the direction the Lions are building in their defense. is fierce. They're not going to quit no matter what happens. So unless the Seahawks hit a couple of big plays, I just really don't see them building a lead. So I, I kind of have to take the Lions by default, really. Yeah, I've got a lot of Jamal Williams as a backup in fantasy, and that would be good for me this week because the way that offensive line plays, they can really, really run the ball. And he gets a lot of goal line looks when both running backs are healthy. So without yeah. Swift, he's going to be getting a hell of a lot of the ball, I think. So um, definitely one to play in DFS for anyone that, that wants to do it. Um yeah, we spoke a lot on this pod about Dan Campbell. I love Dan Campbell. My co-host, Patrick, not a big fan from his Saints days. Um, so I like to wind him up. So I'll also go to Lions minus five purely for that reason. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen in this game, to be honest. But I don't trust Gino. I don't think he's a good quarterback at all. Uh, and Pete Carroll runs too much on first and second down for me to think that if the Lions are up 10 and you're thinking, right, OK, we need to get back in the game as soon as possible to stop them running the ball all day. I just think Pete Carroll could end up just getting two three and outs in a row and then all of a sudden it's 20 to three at the end of the half and you're there like, oh great. If you're a Seahawks fan, you're like, the game's over already. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to trust Pete with his offensive uh, offensive play. So yeah, I'll go Lions minus five. Um, I don't know how much red zone we're going to be seeing at this game of the weekend because uh, I do think at least the Seahawks can stop the run at times and have a okay defense. 
Um, but yeah, I think the offense could struggle. So yeah, I'll go minus five. And whatever the under is, I'd probably also probably bet the under. Even if the Lions score 30, I don't think the Seahawks are going to score many points. So um, we'll see. Um, next one then, Chargers at Texans. Um, unfortunate news this week. Um, Slater left tackles out for the season, um, or regular season at least. I know they're already saying regular season now, so we'll see if he can come back if they make it into the playoffs. Um, Keenan Allen is back. I know the center, Lindsley as well. Could be injured. JC Jackson's injured. Um, Bosa's injured. So, yeah, a lot of people are injured, but um, they upgraded Herbert to a full participant this week. So, uh, allegedly, the ribs are better. They didn't look good to me last week, but allegedly, according to the injury report, they are better. The spread is minus five. Um, we are both on the full 10 yards network and do our betting pod. I actually picked this as my best bet for the week. Um, I went Chargers minus five. I just think with Herbert at 80%, if Keenan does play, obviously Mike Williams is healthy, so is Austin Eckler. I think they will score too many points because I've been really disappointed with the Texans' offense so far this season. As someone who likes Brandon Cooks a lot, he's hardly been featured. So I'm going to go Chargers minus five. Uh, I think if this was minus nine and a half, I'd probably still take it. So yeah, How about you? yeah. I, to be honest with you, I I totally agree. I mean, I I really like this Chargers team, top to bottom. Uh, the the Slayer injury is obviously unfortunate, and obviously. Is Herbert fully 100%? It's hard for us really to know. But I, I, I do find it hard to believe that the Texans can keep up with the Chargers in this game. I just I just don't see it realistically. Uh, 100%, I will 100% be taking the Chargers here. I have a lot of Herbert and a lot of Eckler in various <laughs> different leagues. Um, I would really like to see Austin Eckler get into the end zone this week. That would be really, really nice. Um, yeah, he's had, he's had way less um, goal line runs than last season, hasn't he? Yeah, Sony Michelle's trying to mess with my life, which is annoying because, <laughs> you know, signed with the Dolphins, didn't do anything, now left, trying <laughs> to ruin my week uh, over in over in, uh, in Los Angeles, I need to say San Diego. Um, yeah, hard to know. I, 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 I have to assume that if they're telling me Herbert's 100%, that he's probably 100%. Keenan Allen might play, I think I'm seeing that. And if yeah. he does, then that just, you know, kind of continues to to help them. I, yeah, 100%, I would definitely think the Chargers win this game no matter what. But I, uh, I I do still think they have the ability to, you know, make noise in this season, even without Slater. Herbert just is that good. And, you know, the, the throw he made to Guyton last week, he had no right to make that throw. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel good about the Chargers generally. And 100% will be taking them this week against the Texans. Yeah, I just can't see the Texans scoring more than... 20 points um and i just think herbert's going to score 27 at least so i think the five yeah. the five the five is good um last game in the early slate then uh the best game of the day for a lot of people maybe not for me with my views my biased views on my team but um definitely the best game that's at a normal hour for us brits so bills at ravens the line has moved all over the place actually it was four three and a half four three and a half it's actually moved today to bills minus three so a lot of people are betting the ravens um but still bills favored on the road uh, crazy game last week where they lost, but they played 90 offensive snaps. Uh, a lot of people are kind of talking about the the fact that the defense is tired for Miami. But as Ollie Connolly rightly said, who, who I follow on Twitter, um, well, the quarterback for the Bills, the offensive line, and the three star wide receivers, they play every snap. The Dolphins' defense can rotate players in and out. So I, I think the Bills' offense could start slow after last week, to be honest. Um, and I'm not, I don't know, it's hard for me to say I believe in the Ravens because I think their secondary again this season teams to have these plays where 
you think, okay, good players, a coach that I really believe in. And then all of a sudden, there's people just streaking open, not even against the Dolphins, who are obviously a good team with fast receivers, but every game this season, they've had just random receivers wide open at times against them. So I'm not sure where I sit. I think if it's three and a half, I would be saying the Ravens, because I think Lamar is playing incredibly well. But it's hard for me not to take, similar as I've done for the Chiefs the last two years before this year, any Bills spread that's under, like three or under, it's hard to not take the Bills. So I think I will lean Bills, but that's just because I haven't got the hook, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I really don't know which uh, which way this one's going to go. I'm really <laughs> not comfortable with this game at all. I will tell you that I like the over. 51, the over yeah. Is. 51. I mean, give me a 71, I don't mind. I, neither <laughs> team has any cornerbacks right now. They're all battered. Yeah, true. I, you know, the way the Dolphins were able to score against the Ravens, I know there were busted coverages, but speed kills and Diggs, get Davis, McKenzie are not slow for the for the for the Bills whatsoever. Yeah. The the only thing you you need to think is that maybe you know they had ninety plays on offense last week. Are they still a little bit tired from that Miami Heat? That is possible. Um, you have to hope that the Bills are fully rested. The Ravens have looked really good, and I do think the Ravens are really good. I love Lamar, and I love what the Ravens Same. do. Um. And it feels weird to me that one of these teams is going to be two and two. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, I will... This is in Baltimore, right? Or is it in Buffalo? It's in Baltimore, yeah. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Justin Tucker sat there as well with his I know. leg helping you. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'll take I'll take the Ravens because you, to, 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 to keep the, the spirit of the competition alive, I'll take the Ravens to keep it close. But for the record, I think I think the Bills are the best team in the NFL. And I think the Bills will probably win this game just about, even though MVP Lamar is still, you know, a very realistic thing. It is going to be very weird if they're two and two, the Bills. With yeah. How they, bearing, bearing, bearing in mind, the Rams away in week one is one of their hardest games for the entire year. And they win that. For them, if they're two and two... I'd like. I want to see what the media's like, and uh, this is also me as a biased fan, and uh, my friend who's a Packers fan says the same. When the Chiefs and Packers, like last year, had a couple of games to start a season, it was just like, oh, the teams are terrible. Everyone loves the Bills. If they're two and two, are we still going to see yeah. the same kind of rhetoric? I don't think we will. I think people just love the Bills, but um, I think until you win a Super Bowl, I think you're a little bit more kind of you have that media favor on your side, don't they? Because they're like steamed as an underdog, even though they've got the best roster or one of the best rosters in the league. But yeah, we'll see. Um, they brought in a, two corners this week and both are out. So they signed two corners this week, one from the practice squad um, and one off the street, and they're both out now. So the Bills secondary is just getting in alive. And I think I'm with you that 51 is, yeah, it's a smash over for me. I think if this was like 58, 59, I'd still be tempted because I think both teams are going to put up points. We'll see how much they run the ball. Um, I'll also be betting some QB over rush props in this game yeah. for both teams. For I, sure. I, I could, you know, I, I, if you're uh, if you're into your same game parlays, bet builders, whatever you want to call them, yeah. I'd quite like to see the odds on you know each quarterback fifty yards and a touchdown. Like I think you could you could get decent odds on that for for both QBs to rush for fifty and score themselves. I think that's a fairly solid bet. Yeah, agree. Uh, let's go to the nine p.m. slate then. In the first seven or eight weeks season, this is the worst 9 p.m. slate. So we're probably going to just whiz through these games. Um, we'll start with Broncos at Raiders. This is the game I think that Sky have chosen. Um, Raiders are favoured at home by three. I'm a little bit surprised about that. Obviously, they're the only team in the NFL that are 0-3 because that's high for the Texans. So they've got the worst record. Um, they've got, the, for me, on paper, they had the best three offensive weapons in the league. But they are not using them right at all. Devontae Adams is not getting enough 
targets. Uh, Hunter, Renf- Hunter Renfro, again, had concussion protocol, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. Offensive line is as bad as we thought. Secondary is as bad as we thought. But for me, I think the Broncos are much worse than I thought. So this is one of the highest lines for me of the week because I was kind of slightly higher on the Raiders before the season. They've let me down. I thought the Broncos were going to be better than they were. They've let me down. Well, not let me down because I hate the Broncos, but theoretically let me down from a bank from a betting point of view. So I don't really know where this game sits because we have got two coaches here who just can't seem to coach a game right at all at the moment. Yeah, I I was low and still am low on on both these teams to be completely honest with you. But yeah. I do think this is a kind of situation. I hate um I hate to say it, but you know you know the hungry dog runs faster type idea. You know I I, I hate that idea. But basically, I just don't think the Raiders are an 0-4 team. And I don't think that the Broncos are a 3-1 and team, if that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with, with with the Raiders here. I think in some places, this has been one of my, my best bets for the week, just because I think that there's been so much made of Devontae Adams not getting the ball enough that they're going to you know find ways to get it to him, even if Patrick Satan is, uh, is on top of him. I, I just yeah I definitely feel like it's the sort of uh, the sort of game where the Raiders will find a way to win this one. I, I, I've got no trust in the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett right now. So yeah, one hundred percent. I uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with with the Raiders this weekend. But I still don't think they're very good. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got trust in hardly anyone to be honest on this field. But I do have trust in Devonte Adams. So um, I'll go Raiders minus three. This is also a kind of reverse jinx because. I think if the Chiefs play the Raiders and the Raiders are 4-0, which is not this week, next week, they will beat us because those games are always <laughs> just completely random. So I want them to have a nice win on the record before they yeah. play the Chiefs. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll go Raiders minus three. Um, I think this could be a red zone game just due to absolute hilarity, blocked field goals, pick sixes, Russell Wilson doing more subway adverts. I think this could be all sorts of things going on here. So yeah, Raiders minus three. Um, next one then, Pats at Packers. The spread here is Packers minus 10, which I do understand, but also is weird to see a Bill Belichick team getting 10 points. That probably means you think that I would go with Bill Belichick and 10, but yeah, I don't know who's going to play QB. I don't think it's going to be Mac, and I can't go with Hoyer with any sort of level of points, or Zappy even more so. So uh, I, I am going to go Packers minus 10. Uh, my worry is they are going to run the ball if they're up, which obviously is not really conducive to them adding points. They could easily end up kicking field goals. But yeah, I'll trust Rodgers at home. Um, I won't actually bet this game, but I will. But in a teaser, I won't bet minus 10. But I will, for, for the pod, I will go Packers minus 10. What about you? Yeah, I am 100% going to take the Packers as well here. I will refuse to respect the Patriots while they still have no weapons around Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer. Um, yeah, I've got no interest in this Patriots team whatsoever, which is so fun to say that I just have no respect for them and no belief in them. Great I, as a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I hope it lasts forever. It won't. I'm sure they'll... This is what will happen is Mac Jones's ankle will linger and linger and linger and they'll get a top five pick next year and all of a sudden they'll be back to one day, which is so annoying. But I, uh, yeah, I wholeheartedly think the Packers are good enough to cover that. The run game... As much as you said it's not likely to add to the score, I actually think AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones is maybe the number one pairing in the league right now, Chubb and Hunt being the other. Yeah, one or two, isn't it? Yeah, and I really like what AJ Dillon's doing this year. I think he's got a huge part to play in this offense because I really think eventually Aaron Jones will basically become wide receiver one in that offense and AJ Dillon will be the running back. So 
uh, yeah, Packers pack for me all the way here. It's not a game I'm going to want to watch, really, but I <laughs> might tune in if, if the Patriots are down by like 28 and just bask in that glory. The under-over is uh, 40, so joint lowest with that yeah. Bears-Giants. I don't know if I'd bet that, to be honest, just because I think the Packers could put up Put, put up points and then we could see some some garbage time stuff. You know what the Pats will do? They'll have like a flea flicker in there. They'll have a yeah, wide receiver yeah. throw in a pass. They will get to like 13 points or something like that. And yeah. I just, yeah, you, you know how the NFL works. So I'd probably stay away from that as an under as well. But um, yeah, Packers, Packers minus 10. We'll see what happens with the, the Patriots this season. It's a very weird roster, as we said. All, off season, I know me and you were pretty down on the Patriots. So Nice, nice for us to be right about one team at least. Um, next game then, the weirdest spread, or one of the weirdest spreads I've seen this season. Uh, Cardinals at Panthers. Panthers, even though they are home, but they are terrible, they are favoured by two points at home to Cardinals, which we've spoken about this in a WhatsApp group. I know we're both on the same page. I can't believe this is the spread, to be honest. If this was Cardinals minus four, I would still take the Cardinals. If this was minus six and a half, I'd probably still take the Cardinals. So I am going to take Cards plus two. Um, everyone listens to this pod knows I'm not a big fan of Cliff. You like Cliff a lot more than I do. Um, you like Kyler more than I do, even though I do like Kyler. So I can imagine you are going to be with me on Cards plus two. There's no other option, really. I just, uh, I was baffled. I, I saw this line like I think maybe early Monday last, you know, last Monday, just a few days ago. And I just thought it was a misprint. I just thought they, they'd got <laughs> something wrong. And I was there going, okay, well that'll change, you know, that'll change. And then it hasn't changed or if it has, it's gone even further towards the Cardinals. I mean, I don't understand what you gain from the Panthers beating the Saints that makes you think now they can beat the Cardinals. I just don't, I just don't understand it. Yeah. And, and I know, I know you like Baker as well. And I, I, I do, well, I do. He's played bad this season as well. So for sure, he's he's had one good half in three games, which was the second half against the Browns, when they really should have won that game. Um, and I really wanted them to win that game for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't want you know, I, I want Baker to be successful. I really like Baker, and I, I do want him to you know be successful. But he's not being helped. I think, I think this was maybe the worst coaching bowl, I guess. You know, like I, I think Matt Rule is. Very, Same. very average as a coach. And uh, I think you might see Matt Rule on, on the chopping block. Although I know, you know, Tepper keeps saying that he's going to be patient. I, From everything I've read and heard, that's not really a word that that man really knows very well. So I, yeah, I would definitely take the Cardinals here 100%. I don't really understand how um, it could be any other way, really. It just doesn't make sense as a line whatsoever. Um, and, you know, now that we've said that, you know, the Panthers will win by 15th, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> CMC might be out as well, which I don't know what that means because he hasn't had the best season. But still, I think that that, that the line is even more wrong. And that can, you can actually get Cardinals minus seven at five to two, and that's a bet that I'll be having at five to two. I just think. Yeah, I like that alternate. Yeah. yeah. I just think that yeah, the Panthers are terrible. I think part of it as well, the roster's probably actually better than than people give it credit for at times, especially on for defense. Sure. But I think the coaching is so bad and the vibes are so bad. They just lost so many games now for so long. Um, I think yeah. Kyler probably puts up 30 points on them and uh, and they win they win the game um, last two then we have the Sunday night and Monday night game we'll start on Sunday night uh, this game thankfully is still going to be in Florida so um, prayers out to anybody over there that's been affected by the hurricane uh, it's Chiefs at Bucks Bucks are favoured by one point at home uh, this actually was I don't know if you follow obviously I, I've been a Chiefs fan I follow it anyway but as a better follow the lines Chiefs were favoured by two and a half 
like literally two days ago, and you'd think that they would go further ahead with the rumours it was going to be in Minnesota because there'd be no fans there. But the line has completely shifted the Bucks minus one, which I find interesting. I think maybe this should have been the line originally, but people are obviously hammering the Bucks. Uh, I am biased, so let's get you to go first. Chiefs Bucks, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I think we might agree. I would be, I was taking the Chiefs at minus one point five, let alone a plus one. I mean, you know, I yeah. think I'll be similarly to what you said about the Cardinals. I think I'll probably be trying to find the Chiefs minus two point five, uh, you know, line. Basically, I think that's realistically the the way I see it. I just don't think that the Bucks have looked terrible offensively so far, like terrible. Yeah. And you know, maybe maybe things change as you know Mike Evans is back this week and you know there's 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 other things that can play into it i think i've seen this morning julio jones is a true game time decision i think the same is 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 chris godwin maybe but yeah. i i've been very underwhelmed by the buccaneers so far which is enjoyable for me uh, as someone who's not a tom brady guy it, it He's been the worry. He's been a worry yeah, as well, though. Yeah. Himself. Well, you, you. I mean, you know, there's all this talk about what he's, um, what his off the field life is like right now, and you know, True. maybe there's some truth to that. And I don't feel as though there is a whole lot that really can be said for the Buccaneers right now in in suggesting that they are, you know, the, the team that you wanna you wanna be, you know, staking your uh, your life on. I I love the Chiefs generally. I really like the Chiefs, and I just have to 100% go with uh, go with Kansas City in this game, largely because I want them to win. Um, <laughs> but I also just think Mahomes is is really that good, and I think he's probably got a lot to prove in this stadium, following yeah, what happened in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So I'm not uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I will not be surprised to see the Chiefs come out and uh, and really try and go for it here and put a little marker down. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I have been a bit worried, not worried, but in terms of someone who's backed Brady this season, bet, betting-wise and fan, not fantasy-wise, I guess, but his receivers. Um, I think I've been surprised about how bad he has been at times. He's always struggled under pressure. Most QBs do. It's like an old trope, but um, he has really kind of just been throwing the ball away way more than I thought he was. He's like second in the league for yeah. like throw-away rate. And I, I just think, yeah, he hasn't quite looked as good, but I do think most of that, as I speak about with Josh Henwood, who features on this pod quite a bit, I think injuries are the, the real reason. I think they will be a lot better, but they are still have the injuries at the moment. Um, and it's not a case of, like, we're, not, we're not in week 10 now where everyone's healthy and they've kind of gotten the thing together. They're still struggling at the moment. And I know the Packers, their defense is amazing and the Packers only scored 14. But if the Bucks only score 12, 14 points like they did last week, that won't be enough, even if the defense plays well, just because just believe in the coaches' staff and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey obviously is a lot better than anyone the Packers have got a wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. We'll probably talk about this game a little bit more in the next episode when we review it. Because um, I hated the loss last week to the Colts, but in terms of advanced analytics, anyone listens to this, something that I obviously follow a lot and done it for work and believe in it. Um, the Chiefs just should have won that game. And they were a lot better than even I thought on the day. I was very harsh on them on social media, and they actually probably were a lot better than I thought they were. Um, and I think they'll bounce back, like you said. Patrick Mahomes is someone who does take this stuff to heart, and he's not going to enjoy... Um, he wants to be... A, I think he's 2-2 two and two now with Brady in total. So I think he's going to want to uh, make that 3-2 and two against Tom Brady. I mean, there's not going to be much, many more games between them, are there? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's, it's headline doing regardless because it's Sunday night and because, you know, Brady and Mahomes are 
two quarterbacks who are going to go down in NFL history. You know, they really are. So yeah. I think it's it's must see, and you know, fingers crossed, it's a it's a Mahomes victory on Sunday night. Fingers crossed. The the total was forty four. It's gone up to forty six. Would you still be going over with your worries of the Bucks offense? Because to be honest, Brady does always do well against Spags because Spags really confuses quarterbacks. But obviously, you can't confuse someone that's seen every coverage ever. But obviously the, yeah. the receivers are injured. So would you still be going over 46? Or is that like a stay away for you, really? Well, I just feel like every single primetime game I watch goes under right now, which I hate. This season, yeah. It's been terrible. So I'm like, you know, tempt fate. The over's due, I guess. <laughs> but um, I think it would depend how many of those Bucks guys are playing. Although having yeah. Mike Evans back makes a big deal. It makes a big difference. Four next to a touchdown as well. Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean, you know, maybe a stay away, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to take the under. So, yeah. Yeah. It's one of them where after two drives, you'll probably know because if the Bucks yeah. are three and out and then the Mahomes throws an interception or something or gets sacked twice, you're there like, well, oh, I should have been. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, we, um, I, thought last, I thought last night after two drives when the Bengals went straight down and scored a touchdown, the Dolphins came sure. straight back and scored a field goal. I was like, okay, over, easy, but not to be, <laughs> not to be. Not to be true. Last game of the week, then um, divisional game, big game, especially with uh, who's back on the centre for the 49ers. Rams and 49ers. Rams are favoured on the road by two. Um, obviously, traditionally, the 49ers do really well against Sean McVay. There's the the whole uh, the whole NFC West is very strange. Everyone beats the second team over and over again, um, and McVay has really struggled against this team. Obviously, 49ers defence kind of start off where it left off last year. Still incredible. Jimmy G, I think, is an improvement on. Trey, in terms of consistency at the moment, but then he was absolutely awful against the Broncos, and I did not think he was going to look that bad. So he's kind of making me eat my words there. So I am going to have to go with Rams minus two. I would always normally pick the 49ers in this game, but Jimmy G scared me last week. Um, and as someone who's watched Javarius Ward week in, week out, I think Cooper Cup's probably going to have a nice big day. So I'll go Rams. But I think this could be a really, really fun game. Um, I, I would probably be betting the under in this game, to be honest, just because of these two defences. But we'll see. Where do you sit on this one? Those two phrases, a really fun game, and I'm betting the under, don't go together. You understand that, right? <laughs> they, do, they do with Aaron Donald <laughs> and uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I hate this game. I hate both these teams. <laughs> I just can't stand either of them. Um, <laughs> I will take the Rams as well because I really can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm yeah. quite enjoying the, like, bubbling uh, suggestion underneath the surface that Kyle Shanahan without Mike McDaniel is a fraud. I'm kind of enjoying that. So, um, <laughs> if the I'd really like the 49ers offense to continue to struggle without uh, Big Mike. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Rams. Uh, they've got more depth, I think, especially offensively. I'm really not a big believer in any of the 49ers' uh, uh, weapons, to be honest with you. I like George Kittle a lot but I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo is able to get the ball to any of them enough regularly to uh, to really make a difference. Without Eli Mitchell in the backfield, Jeff Wilson is okay. I know they seem to be able to have anyone run behind that line and get 50-odd, 60-odd yards, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, especially if the Rams get ahead, I, I don't know how, the, how this 49ers team can play from behind. I really don't. Yeah, and just to add, Trent Williams will be out as well. Obviously, left tackle, yeah. best left tackle for me in the league. So yeah. not only does that affect the left tackle position, but they're definitely going to ask George Kittle to stay and block more. So they're going to have one less uh, receiving weapon. I feel like that hurts his stats every week because whichever side struggles right or left, he ends up chipping 
time and time again. So, yeah, a bit, bit of a weird one for Kittle this year, come back from injury. But, yeah, anyone in fantasy probably might, might want to try and trade him uh, if, if they can, see if they can get, get anything back. Um, points total, by the way, is 42 in this one. So I said I would bet the under, but I probably would stay away from 42 because a couple of good drives from... I quite still like Kyle, even though we've got the old uh, conspiracy theory, which we, we can ride with on the pod. Um, and I do like McVeigh. Uh, as long as they're not going to run on every first and ten. So for me, if they call good games, then this could be fun. But if they're punting on fourth and one from the, if they're kicking field goals, sorry, from the fourth and one from like the eight yard line, as these two yeah. coaches can do, then it could go under. But we'll see. Um, I think Sunday night football will be better than Monday night football. I'll put it that way. But we shall see. Um, I totally agree with that. <laughs> cool. So that means for the week we have f- only four differences. So I've gone Vikings minus three. You've gone six. Plus three, yeah. I've gone Bills minus three. You've gone Ravens plus three. I've gone Commanders plus three, which I'm instantly regretting. You've gone Cowboys minus three. I've gone Steelers minus three. You've gone Jets plus three. And aside from that, and they're, all, are, they're, uh, all, they're all plus three point spreads. <laughs> yeah, they are actually, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, but yeah, we both, me and Patrick both went with the Dolphins last night as well. So the scores on the board for this week are 0-0 after Thursday Night Football. So we shall see. Um, but thanks again, mate, for coming on. Did you want to shout out your your socials? Obviously, everyone can find me and you together on our on the betting podcast, Full 10 Yards, next week. Um, but what's your uh, Twitter handle as well to shout out to people? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I'm, I'm at Callum J.D. Squires, uh, C-A-L-L-U-M-J-D-S-Q-U-I-R-E-S. Um, yeah, I write weekly articles for a variety of different uh, outlets and I'm on a number of different podcasts talking NFL. I also have my own uh, football podcast. If you're into the other kind of football, shall we say <laughs> uh, desert Island goals, which Liam's going to be a guest on in the future. Uh, so please check that one out. If you're interested in uh, the premier league and the football league and all of that good stuff. But yeah, thanks for having me, man. A lot of fun and uh, looking forward to chatting again on Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, plan next week is Callum will be back on to uh, review all these games. So we'll see. Hopefully, we get some of them right. We'll see who wins, and hopefully, yeah. we get some, <laughs> some some we'll get some overs in some of these games. But uh, you can follow us at Go for Two Pod. Two being the number two. Uh, follow me at, at underscore Liam Horsley, and follow Patrick as well when he's back full day at Most NFL for all your uh, NFL gear. Um, but yeah, have a good weekend, guys. We will speak to you soon. 